Hello and welcome to the Educatorscape Podcast. My name is Seth Tripp and today is Monday, August 6th, 2018. I hope everybody had a great weekend. If you started school last week, I hope it went well and you are rejuvenated and ready to go at it again. If you're starting this week, good luck as you begin a new year of adventure in the classroom, whether that's just trying something new, starting a new class, being in a new classroom, starting at a new school, or maybe this is even your first year teaching. Good luck in your new adventure. I hope that you will continue to listen in on the podcast as the year gets started on your way into school or on your prep or whenever you find yourself with 30 minutes of free time to relax and listen and hear about what other teachers are doing throughout the country. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, and on Spotify. You can also find all of our past podcasts on educatorscape.com as well as every Tuesday on educatorscape.com. I release a blog post about life and teaching. This week I talk about thinking like a child and capturing every moment. You can like our page on Educator Escape. You can follow us on Twitter or on Instagram at Educator Escape as well. Today on the podcast, I continue my conversation with music teacher and citizen activist Joe Simpson. In part one, we talked about the tremendously diverse resume Joe has compiled in teaching, in music, and in mental health. If you have not listened, please go back and do so. In part two, we discuss how Joe has found a home at Riverview Gardens High School and how his love for his students has moved him to activism. Enjoy part two of my interview with Joe Simpson. So I had, you know, started putting out some applications and stuff. And then this principal that I had worked with several years before that at the elementary school called me and said, hey... I've got this position in Review Gardens and uh, the middle school. And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. And I said, uh, literally, I said, I will shovel horse shit for you. (laughs) Uh, Because, you know, it's like at that point, I liked her. I liked her as an administrator. She's calling me. Right. Like that. It's like I I, kind of don't care what school is it in. It's in. Because when you have that situation, you're like, You want to be wanted. Exactly. It's great to be wanted. Hell yeah. So there, I just said it three times. So that was cool. So I was at the middle school, and, you know, it was okay. It was it was good. I mean, again, I liked the kids. I got to a point where I could kind of, you know, originally it was kind of supposed to be choir, but then it turned into music appreciation because the kids didn't really choose the electives. So it's kind of goofy that way. And But I was able to kind of, like, weed through, like, for for me, that part of... This is not quite what I want to do, but I definitely prefer, prefer this age group. Again, I love the little kids. I love them. I love them in all of my heart. But I, teaching them is just not where I fit. You know? mm-hmm. So anyway, so like the age group that I was, so I was able to kind of weed through that and kind of infuse things about good character and just showing up and saying you're significant and important and necessary and this is, and I, I would say things like, and not this is like any magical, you know, epiphany for any of the kids, but, but, you know, to be able to say, I get it. This is not where you want to be, but mm-hmm. you're going to have a hell of a lot of times in your life where you're going to be in situations you don't want to be. So how do you make it the best? What are you doing for yourself in this moment to make this part of your, your steps towards your success? Mm-hmm. Um, again, not sure how magical that was for anybody, but uh, 
or how lifelong of an impact of a statement that was for you know for internalizing for anybody but but anyway so but then other times then like you know the last period of the day was like my planning period and well, this one girl would come by with her behavior sheet to have each teacher sign off on if she was on task or whatever. And that was a great, I loved that, you know, be able to have that opportunity to just be one-on-one and say, so, did you come to class on time? No. Did you do what we were doing in class with the rest of everybody? No. So then it's like, she's telling me that I'm going to give her a one instead of a four on the, on the scale, on the <laughs> sheet. You know, and so, but then I get to, t- then I get to have the conversation with her. And and she's not distracted by all the other junk going on in the classroom. Okay, honey, come on. I believe I see you. You know, this is this is like I don't know why. I just have this like I'm not like clairvoyant or anything, but it's like I see you. I can you are you can be amazing and awesome, and you know be better than this or whatever you know. And so I want to see you have that success. You know, and she was one of the ones that the very first day of class, I kicked her out of class, you know, and then it turned into this thing where now I can talk to her and say, look, I want you to be successful because I see, I see that potential in you and just try to just pound those messages in as often as possible. And then, then when she wasn't in my class anymore, then I, you know, hug her at the end of the day as she's getting on the bus. I'm like, how was your day? Did you make good choices? Are you, you know, moving towards your own success and blah, 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 you know? Again, not that that's like, I'm not like uh, Edward J. Almos in Stand and Deliver or anything like that, you know, like, you know, really, I don't, I don't know. But I, I just hope in my heart that I'm making some difference sometimes, somewhere for somebody. You never you know when it does. Exactly. You know, so that's just, that's where, that's where at that point uh, in my career is where I just started to be very deliberate, regardless of what I was assigned to teach however much I liked it or disliked it or whatever, but to be that deliberate in that message as a part of what I was doing. Um, so that, so that's where that was. And then when the school year comes, the principal, they moved her to an elementary building and she's like, Hey, do you want to come with me to the elementary building? And I'm like, ah, fool. Cause, uh, honestly, it didn't sound like the person, because yeah, the person that was replacing her was gonna make things nice. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And so, do I stay at the middle school level, which is an age group I like better, but the the course uh, courses are gonna be even more weirdly coordinated and whatever. The schedule is gonna be weird. And it doesn't sound like the administration's going to be as strong as I wanted it to be, or like I felt like it was for me. Or do I do I stay and do I stay in that, or do I go with the boss that I like, that I feel like has my back, which is important, but back to elementary, which I'm like, <laughs> you know, because I want to do choir in high school, you know. So I went to the elementary school, and so that really wasn't great, you know. And and I take a lot of credit for that because. I struggle with that age group. I str- I struggle to teach that age group. And is, it just, is it about breaking down music to that level that you feel like it's not? I mean, I'm a fun guy. You are. You and are the very kids, fun guy. I mean, it's really weird because a lot of the kids were really, 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 really poorly behaved in class. But at the end of the day, and they're lining up to walk out of the building, they're giving me hugs and hey, Mr. Stevenson, you know. 
I'm like, why? I th- don't. I thought you hate me. You know, it's like, <laughs> you act like you hate me during class. So what the heck? No, it's just like I my my skill set and my I don't know what you want to call it, but I just want to be like with middle school or high school age kids where you can like talk to them, teach them about the singing or whatever you're doing mm-hmm. rather than all the stuff you have to do with elementary kids that's uh, that's the bulk of your time that's outside of you know and then and then plus with teaching music you're teaching multiple grade levels right in a day and so kindergarten then fifth grade then second grade then third and for me that just that shifting that constant shifting just it wreaked havoc on my my system. I interviewed somebody yeah. a few weeks ago who was a band teacher at a small a small school, and so she did all of the high school band, the high school band, the middle school band, and then she did elementary music classes. Ooh, wow! So she could be teaching kindergartners and seniors in high school. Wow! On the same day. So back in September. It's breaking up a fight, which, you know, there's such a there's such a dilemma with that because, you know, elementary kids, I mean, they could definitely hurt each other. They could definitely do some damage, um, especially this this is a fifth, fourth grade class. This kid was pretty big. So, you know, as the teacher, you know, you're supposed to not touch the kids. But then at the same time, if I don't stop it and they get really injured, then... I did nothing. And damned if you do, damned if one, you don't. One, I would feel terrible, and two, that could be detrimental to, to lots of things. Anyway, mm-hmm. so it's like, it's such a, it's, there's no this or that for this kind of situation, you mm-hmm. know? So I decided to err on the side of keeping the kids not injured. <laughs> and I separated them, and, and I literally just, like, pulled them apart. Like, I mean, they're, they're, the one kid was big, but I'm not small so i mean i was able to just like literally take each of them and kind of push separate them away from each other Mm -hmm. the one kid ran to the office and accused me of pushing him down so anyway so you know it turned to this thing they had had investigated i was on administrative leave and then i went through like major boy should i even be teaching you know Mm -hmm. major doubt major doubt about my my place in the world so had my my due process hearing finally and you know they the uh, allegation came back unsubstantiated which i expected um and i had my my union rep so vote no on prop a um (laughs) (laughs) just plug plug. um (laughs) totally totally value the union uh and so so we had talked about everything and so you know they were wanted to put me back at the elementary building and and i literally said no because any authority that I may have had is completely gone. And that's not a very sound, beneficial, educational environment for me or the children. Mm-hmm. You know? And then they said, well, uh, there's a long-term sub at the middle school. We could put you there. And I don't know why I'm Southern, southern all of a sudden, but... Cause I don't know why. They're not Southern in HR. But anyway, <laughs> so I said no bec- at that point because the she's been there for uh, two years. But uh, but she knows the kids. The kids like her. She is a good teacher because I've seen her. She uh, has built a program. And that, again, you're putting me into a situation that is not 
again, beneficial for me or the kids because then I'm the jerk that comes in and pushes this teacher out that they liked and then they're just going to magically listen to me? I don't think so. And, I, and so it's like, I, I honestly don't know where the cajones came for uh, that because I guess on one hand, somewhere, I guess I figured that they can't fire me because I didn't do anything wrong. You know, especially when it's officially documented that the allegations are unsubstantiated of me pushing this kid. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, looking back at it, I'm like, I don't know where that came from, but you know. But then, then we kind of bring the union rep and I were brainstorming. And I said, what if I like co-directed the choir at the high school, and was like the assistant choir director, and they said okay, which I'm like, okay. <laughs> awesome like I wasn't expecting them to, to you know do that and so got to the high school two weeks before Christmas and the kids just welcomed me like I'd been there all year you know I just feel like I this is where I fit mm-hmm. you know I just don't think there's any way that I could have planned to I don't, I don't know I was just like because there wasn't, it wasn't like the position was posted. It wasn't like there was an uh, an opening. Um, it wasn't a normal, you know, m- March, April, and March or whatever. And you're applying to jobs at different school districts, and there's this opening, and you make your application, and you get the interview, and da da da. You know, so suddenly I'm like, this is where I want to be. You know, and then I just really just fell in love with these kids. You know, and. And we have an opportunity, at least in choir, and I don't know if this is in every other every other school district, but we very deliberately, very deliberately, time to build relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, ninety minute class, we could you know say do your do now, write the thing, stand up and let's rehearse for eighty minutes. But I think it's more important to build the relationships with the kids because. And, and nothing, none of this, and I was talking to somebody the other day, none of this is magic going to defuse any classroom management issues or, you know, kids are still going to choose to not engage on certain days for various reasons. But it's nothing that's magical that's going to be all of a sudden kids are going to be like, okay, okay, we'll do whatever you say. You know, it's just not going to happen. Right. But it's more likely because they see that we see them. Right. We respect them. We understand that you're working after school and you're tired and you have a baby and you're trying to parent and do the right thing and do school. You know, we, we acknowledge those things and direct choir director at the high school came up with this. You can, you're, you're allowed to say her name. Okay, Kelly. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just letting you yeah. know. It's okay. She's yeah. kind of been around it the whole time and I was like you can say it because she's been on the podcast so okay cool so Kelly Gershner awesome teacher she came up with this thing on it's a it's a, on a smart board it's the uh, excel sheet with the kids names and then at the top you uh, infinite clone the emojis and so then they can drag whatever however they're feeling whatever emoji it is drag it down to their name and so while they're sitting doing writing out their do now qu- answer to the question we have a instant image of oh this kid feels like crap 
this kid's tired, this kid's sad, this kid's meh, this kid's happy, you know, whatever it is. And then while they're doing the do now, I can go sit down and say, hey, you okay? What's going on? Everything all right? You know, and even if it, even if they don't talk too much or they, they say a little bit or they say a lot, it's that moment of they see me. Mm-hmm. Because I feel, I, I have a, I had a great choir teacher. Absolutely great choir teacher in high school. Times were way different a million years ago when I was in high school. But, and just in general, there were more moments than not that I felt like I wasn't seen. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm carrying around some shit from my life that you have no idea how traumatizing it is, how demoralizing it is, how defeating it feels and but here i am every single day going through the motions some days you know more than others some days you know i'm okay and sometimes i'm you know whatever and you know like like without a big production you know the the singing and choir was super therapeutic for me mm-hmm. i didn't think i don't think i like defined it that way back then or if it really realized it but it was you know when i look back so there's lots of things like that where i feel like i don't want any of my kids because I feel like they're mine you know not to be possessive or whatever but but I do I feel like I I love them like they're my own kids you know and I don't want them to ever feel like they don't they're not noticed you know when they went when they did their walkout in March Mm -hmm. like all the other schools you know KMOV did their their story on it and did a little video on it or whatever and did it on Facebook and well, we did ours. They did theirs on a different day, though, than everybody else did. Was it? Mm-hmm. They oh, I think you're right. Sooner. They you're right. Sooner. You're that's right. We made, that's why we made national headlines. Because well, we didn't, didn't do it on the day. Oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that at the time. Anyway, so and I usually don't you know, pay too much attention to people's comments on Facebook. and. and oh, I remember this day. Yeah. Especially uh, if I don't know them. But they people are starting to say things, and it's like... You know, they literally said, well, I wonder how many of those kids are going to get their guns and go rob a store tonight. They should be in class learning about the Constitution. You know, because that was a person from House Springs, so I can't use that accent. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, "Um, no, 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 no. And I definitely, like, I I don't think I've ever gotten into a debate with anybody's comments because, again, I don't know them and I don't care. I mean, I don't care. You can think what you want. And there's no point in me rebutting your thing but I'm at that point I'm like no because now I feel like you have attacked one of my children mm-hmm. you know I really see I literally feel that way my inner mother bear came out you know and I'm like and I literally I posted I said do not make assumptions about my children that I see every single day that I see working full-time jobs to support their families who are still coming to school, still getting on honor roll, still getting college scholarships, do not pigeonhole my children just because they're black, because of where they live. Did you make that same argument for the kids in Clayton that did their march out, their walk out? No, probably. <laughs> and there I am making an assumption because I did not read anything about that. But, but I'm like, don't do that just because of who they are and where they live. You don't get to do that. I proudly walk this campus every single day to teach, do what I can to teach these kids and help them navigate that kind of BS because that's the kind of BS that they have to face every single day. Every single minute of every day, they have to face that. And I'm like, if I can do any t- 
tiny, itty bitty little thing to help them, you know, be strong, be nav- you know, navigate that, advocate for them, or whatever. That I'm, I'm standing right beside them, you know. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get one comment back <laughs> from anybody that made stupid comments on mm-hmm. that on that stream of of commenting. But that just that's the thing that bothers me about, you know, so many people underestimate our the students in our district demean them and demoralize them and I'm like no you don't get to do that and I said this is the other thing I said on my post I'm like every district in the country I don't care where it is what affluent city or what poor city whatever every district has kids that make bad choices mm-hmm. and every district has issues you know you've got you've got this kind of quiet sort of drug issue in affluent areas you you know meth and different things in, and I'm not going to name names and then you've got other things and you've got you know like where our kids live I mean one of our students just got killed two days ago you know this is these are the things that happen but it happens everywhere something happens everywhere so don't just assume that because of where they live that they're the thugs they're the ones that are you know don't do that and and then I get to come to school every day and again I feel like I can't wait to get to school mm-hmm. you know it's a completely different environment than when I was in Eureka but I still feel the same way about I can't wait to get there I can't wait to you know have this time with the kids and and you know teach them to sing right <laughs> teach them some piano but at the same time like with piano class you know somebody's like oh you know Mr. Simpson this exercise is too hard and I said really like harder than it was for what you went through to get to school today, what you went through last night at home and to get through to get to school today. Oh, oh no, you're right. You know, and I literally there was that one. There was one time in class where it literally was like that instant, like she, she got it. You know, and that's like as a teacher, that's what you hope for. You get that moment of like showing them this learning this scale or this piano thing isn't going to cure cancer it's not going to cause you to get a scholarship into college or whatever but it's something that you didn't know how to do you had no idea what these this black ink on the paper meant and what it related to on these keys and this keyboard four weeks ago and now you're oh that's and that on the page goes to this here on the keyboard and then you're doing it it's something that you never did before something that you thought you couldn't do Mm -hmm. something you thought Maybe you didn't want to do. Maybe you still don't want to do it. But, (laughs) you know, but at least it's something that you've done that you didn't think you could before. And that's what I want you to take away. That's what I tell the, I literally tell the kids, that's what I want you to take away from this class. You know, whether it's the choir or, or piano class. I want you to see that you have potential to do things that you didn't think you could do. And that's what I want you to take away everywhere you go your whole life. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if it's math, science, you know, astronomy, being a lawyer, being a doctor, or, or being a, a garbage truck driver, I don't care. But I want you to take with you that you can do something that you didn't think you could do before and have that strength with you everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I feel like, I feel like, I, you know, all of these things that I did in my career, these crazy things, I feel like. You know, it, and I literally was talking to somebody. One of the girls was talking about one of the classes they have. They had to do resumes. Yeah, like and, a career, a career yeah, essentials class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was asking me about my resume. So I'm like, well, you want to see it? And she's like, yeah. 
So she literally, like, and there's a lot on my resume. <laughs> and she was looking at it, and she was like, dang, Mr. Simpson, you've done a lot, you know? And I'm like, yeah. And I feel like every single thing that I've done built up skills and competence in lots of, lots of different areas where now I feel like I'm using them here and I feel like this is where I belong with that bag, with that, that baggage of skills, you know? I feel like all of those things brought me, you know, you can talk about philosophically or whatever, spiritually, whatever, brought me to this moment in time, but it did. And all of those skills, like I honestly, I'm mean, just straight up honest, if I were 22 and a student teacher coming into Rearview Gardens, I would have been intimidated out of my panties. I really would have, you know, because at at that age, without the experiences, I hadn't, I would not have learned. Oh, they're people, you know, you know, wherever, whatever, whatever socioeconomic place you fall, or environment, or neighborhood, or whatever, they're just people, just like anybody. The places I've been and the environments that I've been in where I maybe have been uncomfortable but you know then it's like okay you know what we're all trying we're all out there trying to do our best mm-hmm. we really are you know and it's like I've struggled I've you know felt depressed I've been on food stamps I've done that I've been unemployed you know I've been like scurrying to schnooks to get my electric bill paid so it doesn't get shut off you know I I, I I don't know a lot of the struggles to the extent that a lot of uh, some people do, but I do know it mm-hmm. to some extent. So it's like we're all just trying to do our best. I don't care if you're a doctor in Clayton or a CNA in South City. I don't care what you're doing. We're all trying to do our best. If we're parents, we're trying to do our best for our kids. Sometimes we don't understand what that might be, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I think overall that, you know, Overall, we're all trying to do that. And so it's like, I'm where I belong with you right here, right now. You know, this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh. <laughs> you know, and, and, I, and I really wish that the thing, the thing about education that I wish we could do, and I think some places are doing this, but for instance, when we go back to professional development next week to start the school year, I wish that every school district could spend deliberate time on we need to build in relationship time with our students because that is the thing that is going to get our kids engaged believing in themselves believing in us you know that we're also like just like I can look at them and think uh, you know they're they're doing their best they can look at me and think I'm doing my best too and then Again, it's not magical. It's not going to be like there's going to be zero classroom management problems if you build relationships. But there's going to be far fewer problems, I think. And they're going to be more likely to see you as a person and not this entity that's against them trying to force them to do this crappy work that they don't want to do. They still might feel that way about the work, but at least they're looking at you as a person, you know. Um, Not that they don't. Not that they all don't, but you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. I think if we're more deliberate about building relationships with students, um, I think it's just better f- in the long run for every part of their existence. You know, their their mind, their bodies, their hearts. I mean, I really think it's better. And again, you hope that as you're doing that, you're you're building 
tools for them to navigate the world. And mm-hmm. some kids have to navigate it differently than others. We all know this, you know. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Thank you, Joe, for talking to me. It's great to call you my friend. I hope the start of the year goes well for you. Thank you to everybody that listened. If you want to check out part one, go check it out anywhere that you can find podcast and subscribe there. You can go and like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or follow us on Instagram to get updates on the podcast and when new ones are released. Go check out the blog tomorrow on educatorscape.com about embracing your childhood. Good luck to everybody as you start your week in whatever you're doing this week. Hope you all will join me on Wednesday for my conversation with first grade teacher from Southern Illinois, Aaron Moncino. You don't want to miss this heartfelt discussion of a teaching life inspired by her grandfather. Enjoy your Monday, and I will talk to you on Wednesday.